Welcome along to episode 17 of season 3 of LOI Weekly with myself, Johnny Ward and Daniel MacDonald. Today we have Oscar Brennan, uh, second or third time on the show. Second or third time, Oscar? Second. Second time on the show. Uh, first time as a Shelburne player um, who's enjoying life in the first division at the moment with Shelburne top of the table now, having leapfrogged Longford of late after beating them on Friday night. Uh, we're on Podcast Republic, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, at LOI Weekly on Twitter in association with airsportandindependent.ie. And we also discuss the fact that Ireland are back in action in Denmark, which is something that Dan will soon be jetting off to. And uh, we have a few interesting uh, things to talk about. The Obviously, the Ireland under-21s which has gotten a lot of debate going in terms of whether or not games should be postponed and all that, such that we only had, what, three games in the Premier Division last oh, week. Oh, we can't have that debate again, John. Jesus Christ. Do you reckon... So you trying to get Brian Garton to talk about it last week. He didn't get around to it. We're not going to... Just ask leave it be. Do you reckon, yeah? Yeah, I think like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a talking point for future reference, but I think it's, it's done now. Neil O'Reardon had a big thing in it. He did. Yeah. Oscar Brennan, how are you? I'm good, Johnny. Um, what's the story? How's the season been so far? Fifteen games in, only twelve games left in the first division. Yeah, twelve games. Yeah, two before the break, and then once we come back, there's only ten games mm. plus cup fixture, so it'll fly in. You know, has it been very different? Um, it has been different. Yeah, I had experience, obviously, of playing in the in the first division. Cabin Tealy, with Cabin Tealy, yeah, albeit um, different objective, um, and different stage of my career, even though it wasn't that long ago. Um, but now enjoyed it, yeah. We had a patchy enough start. Um, very patchy pre-season. But, uh, Why but was that? I suppose if you look at how many new players there were, um, completely new management. Uh, first time for the manager in, in a management role. Uh, Jay McGinnis, similar as well. And then a lot of lads, I think, like Luke Byrne had only come back from an injury, hadn't played a lot. I hadn't been playing a lot of bows. Dan O'Byrne hadn't been playing a lot. Conan had been in and out of Pats. So a lot of players hadn't played a lot of football, even Kilduff coming back from the States. It's always going to take time for any new team to come together um, and for lads to get back used to playing and get used to each other. So I think it was just a combination of all that. But so you've just reeled off like seven of the best players in the first division. You said that that's a reason for us not playing so well at the start. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we weren't performing, you know. Yeah. Um, I saw you in the first game season and... And went 2 0 down in Galway, and it was kind of sluggish, didn't really seem to know yeah, each other that well. Yeah, it was sluggish, and I think at the same time, we didn't, Galway didn't really do that much to be 2 0 up. We kind of gifted them two goals. Um, they had a game plan as well, which took time for us to adjust, and we needed a, a sub or two to kind of get us going. Conan came on at half time, and Sean Quinn came on as well and did well. But um, no, it did take us time to get going, but we've been solid, I'd say, the last couple of weeks even though we've had a few 1-0 wins that were maybe poor enough performances but we've been just managing to grind out results we'll get into a good uh, in-depth chat with Oscar also about um, his job off the pitch which I've just learned of which is quite interesting Dan how are you getting on yeah I'm good John uh, off to Denmark I am what yeah. are you expecting it's been a while since I've been in Denmark yeah. a couple of months I heard John off the ball last night um, yeah. comparing the kind of Irish expectation of Denmark and what they think about us but um are you looking forward to it? It's <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> do you, as, a, as a journalist who goes to these games, today is Wednesday. Do you see it as a holiday or is it just a Jesus Christ, no. 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 It's just work. Yeah, well, look, I, mean, I, like, I like going to see different places. I like so different parts of the world. So, I mean... I've been to Copenhagen I've been to Copenhagen and Tbilisi like, this year. I mean, but, uh, like, uh, Gibraltar, which was bang average as a place, was the most 
colourful trip I've been on. Listen, it's great. Listen, it's great. I love travelling. Like, you know, I love going to see different places. So you get a bit underwhelmed when you go to the same ones. But uh, I'm I'm trying to get through all the away for countries. So How many? There's 55 in total. Johnny, you're, you're, gonna, you're doing a sort of like weird, <laughs> weird sneeze there, John. I'm, I'm um, getting hay fever. How many, a, how many are you through at the I've moment? I've got 50 out of 55 done. So I've got five to go. Jesus, that's five to go. That's impressive. So Azerbaijan, like everyone was complaining about going to Baku. I'm not sure if I'll ever get to Azerbaijan. But the other ones I think are like Finland, Malta, uh Albania and Kosovo. I've done all the rest of them. Tough life. So I'm hoping for like, you know, they're the they're the draws that you want going forward, you know. Yeah. Or or to go on a holiday to one of these places. But like a holiday in Azerbaijan is a bit of a sell. You know, I, I I've tried definitely but, uh, like to go to uh, I proposed a suggestion but didn't go down very well Oscar have you been to any of those countries you mentioned there uh, the five is mentioned no no uh, any Ireland away trips um, no I went to a couple of the Euros games in 2016 and they were brilliant I was in Lille at the Italy game and then I was in the Swedish match as well when Wes Hulahan scored I had a couple of them but oh, nice. no I do I love going to the Ireland games like I'm not don't really follow the club football as much as I did when I was younger in England, so I always look forward to Ireland playing, even though it's been poor enough and yeah. the last we, few years. But you no, could have a tournament in Dublin next year with Ireland playing in it. You mm. know, well, you will have a tournament, some of a tournament in Dublin next year. That's guaranteed. I mean, it'd be a bit of an anti-climax if Ireland weren't in it. Um, so that's something that could actually be possibly a once in a lifetime thing. I think it's just crept up on us here. Like we've had a couple of months of of crap, really. You know, going on off the park and stuff, and as well. Um, you know the the model of Irish football and how it's been sustained is that you need to qualify for tournaments. So you, you, you nearly think you know that that attitude needs to change. But it is still great when Ireland do get to one. <laughs> you know it still is mm-hmm. brilliant. So um, that would be a special thing to look forward to next year. So this is a pretty pretty big game in that regard. You know, like it, it's it's a massive it's a massive fixture. So um, and you know, like James Talbot's going to be on the bench from League of Ireland perspective, and Didn't I think have a I think game on Friday. With no, no, but I think even in recent years, like I think maybe the League of Ireland connection with the national team has maybe become a bit stronger because people know a lot of the players that are involved. You know, mm. like even a lot of lads playing the league will probably know or or have played against someone that's going to be involved, and I think that actually probably strengthens the connection. Whereas in the past, like there was never really an overlap between the League of Ireland and the national team you mm. know I mean there was but it was it was it was tenuous whereas now it's actually they're very well connected and even if you speak to a lot of lads that are involved they're in touch with the league here and they know what's going on so I think you're probably more well not that you always want your national teams to do well I think but there probably would have been like fans of the league who necessarily wouldn't be a bit indifferent to the international team I, I don't I'd know. count myself among them to be fair. Would you be indifferent? Yeah, yeah. I, w- I, I, would, not, I wouldn't like, say indifferent now, but like I'd, if you I, hear the anthem, would you not think, oh, yeah, what about Declan Rice or something? No, yeah, no, no. Like I wouldn't be a big fan of the anthem now, but no, it's like um, I don't know. I, I just the fact that none of the players was playing in Ireland, and and I don't know. I, I maybe since sort of the Brian Carey era, I felt I don't know. I, I just like I wouldn't have, have ever gone, gone to an Ireland away game. Yeah, I'd never gone. I've never have. I went. I was going to the one game I went to book for Georgia, and then Russia and Georgia went to war, and the game was moved to Germany. Genuinely, so, so the I didn't only Ireland away game you ever been to? Uh, yeah, I've never been to Ireland. I didn't go to the game. I, did, yeah. I went to Georgia. I didn't. You were in Wales for the. Oh, one Wales. more. Sorry, yeah. that was the I only that one. one. Why did you, you forget that? Were you? That was a pretty rough day, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like uh, that as well. I was embarrassed that day, like as in that didn't exactly tell me I should be going to more Ireland games. You know, like that was an embarrassing experience. 
mm. that performance in Wales, and the pa- everyone was celebrating. I was like, "Geez, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is Anthony." You were an island. You're well, like, was this the one nil or the four one? The one nil. The one nil. Do you know when when we? Yeah, based yeah, yeah. It's great. I thought one nil win. Well, it looked great. The I wasn't dug there, in, but like the, the video of the fans in the corner as well was brilliant. And yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good atmosphere. Went with the plan and yeah. pulled it off. Yeah. What would Stephen Kenny have made of that in terms of the under twenty? I don't know, but Stephen or... Kenny will find when he's in the job that like every result might determine his future mm. in a way that. And I think he will stick by his principles, but like he's going to be more vulnerable as well in that job than he ever would have been at Dundalk. Like Dundalk, he's a hero. So when he goes to Europe, um, you know, you can have a go, you can try, and if it comes off, it comes off. And it generally came off from he won fashion in Larnaca last year. Every other game in Europe, they've pretty much equipped themselves really well. However, like if you have a thrashing like that with Ireland, like there'll be scrutiny. So, I mean, that's going to be a. a, a different environment for him without a shadow of a doubt I'm sure he'll try and still send his team out to play in the way that he would but there'll come a point where you know it's 10 minutes to go away against I don't know whoever like Armenia or someone and like the job could be on the line and that's he's never like you know you go back to Europe actually back in Bowes in 2004 he probably did lose his job on account of a European result and maybe even Mm. with Shamrock Rovers as well probably killed him a small bit um so but like, there's a different there's definitely a different pressure that will come with it. So I I I I think the team should probably be better to watch and and I think it'd be better to watch under McCarthy, but I think I can see, you know, Kenny trying to bring in a certain type of player and stuff, but you just never know what it's gonna be like until you're in the Absolutely. you're you're in the thick of it, you know. So um obviously we should mention they had a good result in the the Toulon tournament on Monday against China as well. So Did you watch that game, Oscar? Um, uh saw parts of it, saw the four goals and saw bits. It was a bit of a Strange dynamic watching the game. There's so hundreds of people walking by, yeah, yeah stopping and having a look. There was transport uh, and yeah. it's like a, like an Astro pitch tournament. Yeah, like yeah, you, you yeah, have expected yeah. to see people playing next door, but uh, Daryl Lee he was playing in the game. Of course, a workmate, not just the next teammate, but a, a short term workmate of, of Oscar. Short term, yeah. Short-term yeah. Workmate and, and James Talbot, isn't he? Well, he I mean, was do, even do, shorter term. Well, it's, it's, what it's, is your job? So to explain, yeah. Uh, so work for Grand Crew Beers. Keith Ward is there as well. It's under the Porterhouse brewery group so uh in the brewery on a monday and then out on a truck delivering helping. you're a five-day man you see five-day man yeah those lads, dropping lads are full-time football part-time work and i'm full-time fo- full-time working part-time football but you know what he does the tuesday wednesdays and thursdays in the van and then dara actually came in to begin work there only a week or so ago and i think he lasted three days and was off to france to toulon uh, so they got James Talbot in to replace him but I think he was there even less he was there a day and he's off and to he was off to Portugal so <laughs> I'm still waiting on my shout so, <laughs> yeah, so it's not going to work out pretty and well. do you have to be a League of Ireland player to get a job with them or no like it's just um, Bodge Fintan Kennedy is a sales rep there and he's a member of Bowes so towards the end of last year I wasn't doing anything and was looking for a job put up a tweet and he got on to me and then just got the lads jobs so so you're the five day man what, what, what's, the, what's the toughest day Oh, Monday in the brewery, yeah. In That's the brewery itself? In the brewery, yeah. It's character building. Go on. Uh, washing kegs, filling kegs, just lifting kegs all day for stacking them on pallets for a good eight hours. Like, it's tough enough work. Um, but, yeah, no. So the other, job, lads don't, the, the other lads don't do any of those Mondays oh, then? No, 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 no. No chance. No, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Stay nice and clean. 
Yeah. Get the hair cleaned of those lads, you know. Where do you deliver as far to then? Are you all over the Um no, so like the likes of Wardy now in the van, he could be he'd be sent down the country on a Wednesday, they don't train. So it's all over Ireland, but I'm in a big sixteen tonner truck with a big sash, the Hungarian driver, so Big Sash. Big mm-hmm. Sash. So we're all over all over Dublin, so is he is he actually big Sash? Like oh, he's huge. He's huge. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't say. Not playing the League of Ireland. No, no. Yeah. no. We'll see. Like you know, we'll see. All of a sudden, bows of a Hunga- <laughs> an injury crisis. And there's a Hungarian centre half. Jimmy Agri was a big lad, wasn't he back in the day? He was. Was yeah. he an actor as well? Was he? I think Jimmy Agri might have worked as an actor. Didn't work for a brewery anyway. So no. that so that's one, two, three, four working for them for that for Grand Crew was it? Grand Crew Bears. Yeah, I think. I don't know what the story is they're doing with Dara at the moment. He's away for a few weeks and then they have the week off, so he's gone for a solid month. And then Talbot, that's only another week or so, is it? So yeah, sure he'll be able to come in the morning. He should off. be back if soon. If he's released for games, he'll be able to be yeah, in the morning. Yeah, he should be in a few hours Not anyway. Yeah. The showgrounds beer that we introduced apparently has been an absolute flyer. Uh, Rory's been on saying they've unbelievable sales already. So uh, Rory Houston, that Rory is. Rory Houston, yeah. yeah. So yeah. craft beer is obviously No, there is. It's, it is big down in Dalymount, and I'm told anyway that there's a lot of it drank down in, in the Dalymount bar, which is, you know, it's really good for boats, for their revenue, and for for Grand Crew I suppose selling the beer would you get much for that in Sandyford now your neck of the woods uh, there would be a bit yeah, there would be more south side deliveries mm. than the north side deliveries um, yeah. but yeah no, no he's, my he's, a proud, he's a proud constituent of Shane Ross you yeah. see you know yeah 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 um, <laughs> geez, I heard John about that last night as well Dan like like, while joking aside, though, he has a fairly important role in sport in this country. Oh, he does, yeah. But, like, but there have been the, you know, the, the sport, the, the Minister for Sport role, as I, as I say, look, it should be important because sport is really important, but it tends to end up being like, you know, these cowboys. Who, who, can we, who, can we, who can we give sport to? You know, you can just imagine the Curb Your Enthusiasm music playing as they, like, mm. pick, the, uh, pick the Minister for Sport, you know? That's, so, that's the problem, isn't it? The jobs, it's, it's hierarchy of ministerial roles rather yeah. than giving it to someone with experience yeah exactly and a bit of a drive so. for it or someone yeah. who actually says here this 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 candidate here actually has a bit of a background like in that field yeah. or has some knowledge or mm. something to bring to it stepping stones yeah, yeah. whereas uh, instead we get step aside you know yeah, like yeah, this yeah, is the yeah, problem yeah. But I like, like that Dan. that, was, that yeah. was a good link but, but I mean but Shane Ross the uh, department of post and telegraphs if you were just like you are demoted to that or you were just no good and you are a buddy of the Taoiseach how was Shane Ross I mean how did he think this was a good idea what he did with Katie Taylor I mean was this one of the most cringe you've ever seen in terms of politics you just need to have no self-awareness did he think it was just like photographs? Did he not think there was actually a camera that was following him all the way around as well? Uh, if it were just photographs, it would have looked bad. But the fact that he was sticking to her like, you know, a full back. It's like he'd been given really good tactical advice mm. to stick close to her. It's like he'd been actually told to do so. Listen, if she goes left, you go left. Like, you know, his footwork was, was pretty nimble, mm. you know. But like, see, the thing is, we can't really get into Katie Taylor route. Um, here, but I mean, last Friday, Shane Ross hosted a stakeholders forum mm. on the direction of Irish football in the Mansion House. Like he was the top dog, bringing everyone together, you know. And actually, you know, that event in some respect was was actually probably quite worthwhile. I mean, he had to do his bit of doorstep and his, his bit of sort of a doorstep interview afterwards or before, bit of both actually. And you know, he's he's obviously trying to put the squeeze on the FBI over Noel Mooney, and he's uh, he's. Uh, you know, telling us about how he'd rang the UEFA president in, in Baku, actually, on a bad line, you know, and he was looking, he got, he got his headlines and so on. 
But like, this is someone who, like, in December, uh, when 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 there was a big discussion about what was wrong in Irish football, he was saying everywhere I go, people tell me great things about the FAI and you know John Delaney and so on. And then, and six months on, he's now saying, well, you know. We need change. We need to change. So it's complete opportunism, political stuff. That stakeholders forum actually was like, um, as much as this, the motivations behind it, I would say, were very cynical um, in terms of like there was an element of political grandstanding. I think it actually proved to be quite useful because it got a lot of people in a room to chat. And um, what, I, what I found from, from speaking to people afterwards was that there were actually people who sat around the table talking to each other from different parts of football who hadn't really spoken to each other before. Like there was people, say, from League of Ireland background, people from schoolboy background, and they each had their, uh, what would you say, you know, their perceptions about the other side. And um, over the years, there's probably been an element of a divide-and-conquer strategy in Irish football where the, the various sections were probably kept away from each other either by accident or by design you can have your own opinion on that under as the a great result, leader on the, yeah and so each interest group was looked after individually rather than necessarily having these collective meetings where they all discussed their various issues and problems so time actually might be kind enough to Shane Ross in the context of he, 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 he instigated some discussions and networking between people who I think actually might have got a bit more awareness of the other although the flip side of that is they possibly realise how little they have in common and are actually screwed and it's going to take a long time to sort some of these problems out mm. you know um, have you been following the Oscar? yeah I have I saw um, I didn't read Noel Quinn's uh, proposal in full but I kind of saw a condensed version of it and I suppose I was on Twitter and a lot of the tweets I was seeing were a bit Skeptical. Oh, it's getting panned. Yeah, of it, you know, yeah. of how specifics are. There was kind of even, I don't know, things like qualifying, having an Irish club qualify for the Champions League by twenty twenty seven. I thought was mm. very ambitious. Um, yeah, like I, I'm. I think there's a few different things. Like it's good. Like I was there at the PFI Awards when Quinn kind of announced himself to the world, um, and I thought. Like I was the first one to kind of be cynical and skeptic and kind of thought, well, you know, it's kind of out of the blue and where's this coming from really and what are motivations behind this or what's the angle? But I think as Irish people, we can be quite cynical and skeptical of uh, of new ideas and new new people coming into play and especially with the League of Ireland as well, we're quite protective of our our little league and I agree, yeah. him coming in. I think you know immediately we're like well you know where was he at this game and he's never played in the league he doesn't know the league and stuff like that but I'd be I'd be very open to to him coming in to anyone coming in really I think mm. Niall Quinn he's obviously an intelligent man he has an experience within the game at an international level and at a higher level in England his experience running clubs Um, I'm not saying the proposal he, he did the other day was we, we just go with that one but I think you have to be open to things and understand things and maybe he can go back then if he's given direction from people within the league mm. and pointers and um, he can maybe fix his proposal or amend it a bit and kind of all work together so I would I would be the first one to be cynical and skeptical about new ideas and new people coming in but I think we definitely have to be open um, and we have to be 
something has to happen soon enough, I think, as well. Because I think we've seen with the schoolboy clubs like the DDSL and NDSL going back to yes. winter football. Like it is a bit of a, the Wild West at the moment. And 100%. Everyone's doing what they want. So there needs to be someone put in short term while we work on medium and long term. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, like. I mean, Kieran Foley was obviously drafted the Quinn proposal, and we we've had Kieran on a couple of weeks ago. And I think he spoke very well, um, but we were obviously hoping for for a bit more detail. And I'm not really sure what happened. You know, um, I, I I think a, a mistake that probably that group has made. I think that they probably didn't engage with like League of Ireland clubs beforehand. And I don't know what what happened. You know, the sense that. Um, I mean, Noel Quinn said their plan was cut from 95 pages down to what they f- finished up with. But what they finished up with, I mean, it was was a lot of stuff that people have thought about and, and identified before. And I actually think, you know, from listening to people who've spoken to Quinn, that when he sits down in the room, he's communicated his vision re- better than what was on paper. Um, but I mean, it must be pointed out that they weren't the only people to put any kind of proposal or anything together. Mm. You know, there was other people. I've been sort of had been able to have a look at some of the other submissions that other people have put in, and they're very some very good ideas, are very coherent ideas, and it's about drawing them all together. Um, but from the Quinn Group's perspective, I mean, the like the point was made to me by someone last week. You know, the Quinn was doing interviews outside after the event and like at the time I mean there was officials from like some leading League of Ireland clubs walking past that they hadn't even spoken with and I think if they'd spoken with them they might have got a bit more of a handle on, on how this would be perceived and how that you know I think what they offer I think the big strength of their group is not necessarily uh, what they're putting down in paper it's the contacts and the network and the doors that they can open. That's their strength. It's the, it's the respective mm. background of, of people to get to new voices and new faces, and they can push open doors that other people can't push open. But actually, in terms of the innovative ideas, I think there's actually just people elsewhere within the game here that actually have a lot more clarity in terms of what the reality is of the framework and the structure of Irish football and what needs to be changed. Like, you... I think there's an element of well, they need to be given control to, to run the show for 18 months, but you can't even give someone that control without them knowing like what the lie of the land is here, what the rule book is, what the structure of, of council and all these, you know, all the various constituent parts of Irish football actually are. So, um, I think yeah, yeah. already, you know, a lot of the, the report I saw, one of the big issues was transparency and how they wanted greater transparency. But you can see already if he hasn't consulted with League of Ireland clubs, there's already a lack. Just of that to speak to it's already, yeah, yeah, it's just to speak to people and get a yeah. handle of what the what their complaints are. And I don't know, like I just think that's that's just a mistake. I think they could have. It's not a case of getting more people on side, but just to explain what they're about. Because I think there's this there's there's a danger of coming across. Uh, like you know that that you're above this by saying here's here, here's yeah. well, but no it's the danger of like well here's the plan for what you should do and a lot of people are like oh, no we know this you know this isn't like we haven't necessarily been here we're not aware we're not unaware of the problems that exist here you know and what needs to be changed and um as I said last week like I don't think anyone was expecting well I don't know I think it would have been unrealistic to expect a document that's like Eureka here we go like this is this is it on paper. Why didn't anyone else think of this? I mean, there's, I don't think any such document exists. It's actually about, you know, the, having the means and the patience and the, the sort of ability 
to pull it off. Like that's that's ultimately what you need. And uh, there are only twelve uh, games left in the first division, we'll say, and twenty games gone in the Premier Division. But we're running out of time in terms of next year already. Oh, listen! Like the the, the initial plan at the start of the season was that this new hybrid model would be in place by twenty twenty. That's just not going to happen. No chance. Like absolutely no chance on this earth. Um, I think what is happening this week is like. This uh, and like, there's a national league executive committee, which, as far as I know, hasn't sat in a couple of years. Or if it has, it's it's, it's there's an element of mystery about it. And I think just some of the representatives of the premier clubs are, are getting a bit more say in some affairs. But in terms of anything being ready by 2020, I just don't think I just don't think that's going to be happening. You know, so the league is, you know, as we stand next year, is just going to be. It's where we are now. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna plow along, and um, we're gonna have the same debates. You know, again and again and again and again. But um, I think, I mean, even in the, I think even in the Quinn plan, where they talk in twenty twenty one, like, like I, I don't know, I don't know, like did. Did, I mean they're trying to they're trying to reform the Irish football and head of the AGM in the end of July, when actually like we saw last week just so much disagreement and different mm. views and different factions. So that's not going to be workable. So it's um it's going to be a challenge. But anyway, listen on the pitch. Just getting back to on the pitch, well, in Toulon, it was good to see El Buzetti got the goal, and then uh, obviously Darley he was playing. I think uh, Jamie Lennon came off the bench, did he? Uh, yeah, I actually didn't see the second half. Yeah, game, I didn't yeah. either. I I had to I had to go at, at half time, but um. They played a lot of football, and um, you know it was just it, it was it, it was good to see. And El Buzetti uh, certainly had a had a had a you know he, he got that goal, um, and they they looked like a team going places. And it was it's just great to see like that you have the likes of Dara just fitting in there, and it's it's normal nowadays that hopefully this is the the the, the route forward. Because I think on the pitch, Oscar things are pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw I was in <coughs> Tala, uh, saw them play against Luxembourg and. Albeit Luxembourg probably weren't the best quality of opposition, but mm. I thought they were really good. Like mm. I was really impressed. Like it doesn't completely matter who you're playing against. Uh, they were well. The Ireland twenty ones were well uh, capable of imposing their style of play. Um, a lot of really tidy footballers, technical players. Um, see Stephen Kenny has only had been with them a week or two, and they had a way of playing. Um, mm. quite early on, and if you look at there's probably players to come back into that as well, and. Troy Parrott and stuff like that will hopefully be involved in the future but it's great to see the likes of um, El Buzetti and Dara um, fitting in so so comfortably you know um, into the 21 squad which uh, you know it's a bit, big honour playing the 21s and obviously Jamie Lennon coming on as well so I think there's seven was there eight named seven initially with, I think uh, with Ferugia, Conor yeah. Cairns Ferugia, um, the lads like that and you know there's, there's definitely other players in the league who I think like uh, Dan Mondreo wasn't involved this squad, but he was in the last squad and Brandon Kavanagh, Trevor Clark. Yeah, maybe. even JJ Lunny as well as course played with him at Bowes last year. So it's good players throughout the league, good young players and bodes really well for the future. So hopefully if um plan does come together off the pitch and keep these lads and we look at even the nineteens are gonna be playing in the European Championship yeah. this summer as well. So things look good um coming through and it is good that we have the 15s, 17s, 19s now. Um, 
the academy structures in in Dublin anyway. I haven't seen much outside of Dublin, but it looks good. Yeah, there's, there's probably yeah there's there's issues to address in terms of yeah. maybe the inequality or the the different the golf and standards between some of the Dublin teams and some of the regional teams. You hope over time that'll improve, but again, that's part of the debate around like structures and and you need to look at tweaking that. But who's the most talented player you've played against in the league then? Um, overall. Um, played against some good, good players to be fair Graham Burke was really good mm-hmm. um, Ronald Curtis was really good um, played with JJ Lunny and he probably gave me one of the hardest games I've played against him played against Pats a couple of years ago himself and Alex O'Hanlon were in the middle who I'm playing with now at Shells um, they were both really good played against Mandrew in pre-season yeah. and he was good as well he gave me the run around up in Abbottstown um, but yeah no there is there is good players. I haven't seen a huge amount of this year. Obviously, I've been playing. I've seen yeah. kind of the couple of games on telly. I've watched Soccer Republic highlights, but they don't always no. tell the full picture. Um, but no, there's definitely there's good players. How's Alex O'Hanlon faring? There's someone who like was at Liverpool as a kid, and you probably had a very different football background the two of you. And you've, yeah. you've arrived at the same place from from very different backgrounds. Yeah, we were the same age group as well, um, coming through. So. He would have been, I remember under 14s, I was with Temple Oak, I think, not playing. He was with Kevin's, um, that brilliant team with Jack Byrne and yeah. Aaron Miles, Owen Stokes. There's loads of lads there, he all went away. But, um, yeah, no, he's doing really well. He came in, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. When I played against him, I was with Bows and he was with Pats. They played against us in Daily Mount, him and JJ, to beat us 4 0. Yeah. Um, when Conan scored from 60 odd yards mm. that night, um, came in in pre season, looked good. I don't. He kind of lost his way a bit after after Pats. He kind of went up north for a bit, kind of floated around, which is it's common enough with lads who come home. They yeah, don't really yeah. know who they are themselves, don't know what, what to be doing. So came in and yeah, like his his running ability is unbelievable. Dribbling with the ball, how powerful he is um at times. So came in and he started the first he did well in preseason, started the first game of the season and broke his foot and only kind of came back four or five weeks ago kind of had another little niggle then so he's only been fit and available to play really the last three games so and we've been going well so it's been kind of hard to, for him to get in he was kind of playing centre mid with me started the year then kind of went on the wing so I think there's a little bit of a case of knowing his best position yeah. as well I'm not sure he, he'd even know because his running ability is brilliant um, I'm not sure if he went away would have been a left back um, obviously Larkin Fitzgerald is there left back at the moment um, so I don't know but yeah absolute bags of ability it's yeah unbelievable do you find like you know because you, you haven't been away do you notice ever like a difference because I'm just, I'm just guessing like the lads have been away have been maybe exposed to like a really high level of coaching at some point you know when they've been away do you, do you ever feel like there's a challenge to catch up with elements of their game or do you notice a, just a distinct difference between the lads who have come through the game here and the lads who have been away in any respect? Um, I, Not really. Like Not to be disrespectful to the lads who no, have come home. No. Obviously, they're all top quality players. They all deserve to go away. And some of them, it wasn't the case if they weren't good enough over there. It just didn't work out with, with managerial stuff, with stuff off the field. You know, it's not always as simple as not being good enough on the field. Um. But I, I was, even though I kind of played at poor enough levels and moved around different lower schoolboy leagues, the lower leagues, the Leinster Senior League, I was always exposed to good coaches. Mm, I was always lucky enough. Make, yeah. um, even good people was more important to that. 
from literally from under eights at Granada with Brian Horgan, just one of the dads was a coach, like a brilliant man and great coaches like um Mark Connors at at uh, Liffey Valley. I had Matt Britton. Um, oh yeah, Matt Ennis Gary. Yeah, he was my Matt manager. Britton for... carpets and yeah, extra yeah. dog full back and yeah, player yeah. back and winger back. Had in the him day, for yeah. six weeks or so. Uh, Magic Turner Grodsky. Um, oh yeah. At Bray Wanderers under nineteens. Then Eddie Gormley and Dave Mackey. I don't think Dave Mackey. I know it didn't work out from a Bray last year, but he was he was unbelievable. Like some of the ideas, um, he had because, you know, Dave. I think probably. It was it was hard for Dave at times to get his point across, and I think it was hard as well. We were all so young, so immature, so inexperienced at Cabin Tealy that he got frustrated with us. Um, and because obviously we were poor enough results that year, but I went from him into Trevor Crowley, and everyone had talked so much about Trevor Crowley. But a lot of the ideas Dave had were very similar to Trevor, um. So I had a brilliant coach there as well, and then obviously Trevor and Keith, and now Jay and. Jay McGuinness and Morrow. So I've been fortunate enough um, in terms of the people I've been surrounded with on the football pitch and the people first and then they're good coaches as well. So Yeah, so that's kept you in the game as well. Aspect, like, you yeah. know, the influences you have around you probably determine what direction you're going. And yeah. Maybe some of the lads that come back they haven't had that influence. They might have been at like a, a great club but they mightn't have had that those figures batting for them as such, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Definitely had... There was definitely a couple of years that I had someone put the arm around me and wasn't feeling the love for football, but they put the arm around me and kind of got me back into it. So it's tough. I, like, I haven't been away in the UK, but from I've read so many stories and heard so many stories now that there maybe isn't that care and attention over mm -hmm. there and you're more disposable um, over there. And lads come home completely disillusioned. The usual stuff you hear, you know, they, they're a bit embarrassed to go out, embarrassed to tell people they're back home. Um embarrassed to turn out in the league I think a lot of them underestimate the league as well so it's maybe even more embarrassing when they go out and play in the league and aren't lighting it up mm -hmm. as well so no it definitely is tough and like to go away just as kids and to come back a different person and confidence levels I'm sure are, are low and self-esteem on and off the pitch and if self-esteem is bad off the pitch it definitely plays into your you're on the pitch See, I, I don't think if I think if the coaching is good enough over here and the the standard of football in the Premier Division and the standard of the pitches and the way the philosophy of most of the teams now, I don't really see any benefit of going to England for a young player unless you're very, very good and unless you're getting a proper offer. And our league should be good enough that really only the really elite players move, or at least very early on, because they shouldn't need to. And I think, that, like so many players, are lost the game just because they're probably homesick as well. They're, you know, and they are disposable because so many go through the system and like conveyor belts. Yeah, like even you think uh, I know I'd have known Dan Casey a bit growing up, and he obviously went to Sunderland to play with him at Bowes last year. But he went away, and he was he wasn't sixteen. He hadn't turned sixteen yet, so he was actually being fostered for his first three or four months, which is just so hard for a fifteen-year-old, mm. you know, to be fostered over in the the northeast of England. So, yeah, it's really tough for lads. And you know, I was fortunate enough. Like I probably all I wanted to do as a kid was go away, but things worked worked around me. I was fortunate enough to stay and get a good education here. So I'd be a big backer of getting an education, whatever mm. that may be, and to like you know, people are different to whatever level that can be. So, and obviously, people have different family backgrounds and stuff like that. Maybe some are better off going to the UK than staying um, because their environment here or obviously the top, top talents like the yeah. likes of Jack Byrne who would have been yeah. my age group like 
those lads showed. Did you play against the young Jack? Did you? Yeah, yeah. What was that like? I was, it was incredible. Played against him out out in Kevin's one day, and he was like chipping up balls and volleying in balls from the halfway line. Like I couldn't kick it from (laughs) the goal to six yards to the eighteen at the time. Um, I was different gravy, sure. I'd have played, well, I didn't play, I was on the bench in the Kennedy Cup final that he played in as well. And yeah, everyone everyone knew, everyone was talking about him, everyone knew he was going to go away. And it was no surprise really how well he's doing since he's come back. It's funny, the leaving start starts today, and we did a, an off the ball piece last week with three jockeys who are starting the leaving today. One of them did even, didn't even know what day the leaving started. And this was like last Thursday. Um, now, they're fairly elite young jockeys. But education means nothing to them, absolutely nothing. And I think maybe young footballers probably have a preconception that, yeah, I'm just going to make it. And like, I don't really need to necessarily excel in my leaving or do my leaving. But like, the reality isn't, that's not the reality. Like, even look at you now, you're a professional player, but you're also, you have a part-time job as well. Yeah. Like, the amount of players, like, it's, it's, it's just not, to make it in England is very, 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 very hard. Yeah, yeah, even... We have one of the lads of of our team at Shell, Shane Farrell, is starting his leaving start today. And now you can't you can't stress it enough, um, how important it is. Whether like, you know, some people just school's not for them; they don't want to do their leaving start. That's fine, but you can do apprenticeships. You can get in the work schemes and stuff. You can get involved in, um, and build your way into a job or go into a job at the lowest level and move your way up. So there is multiple options, um. Now outside of outside of just formal education, I suppose through schooling and stuff like that. But it's not only lads going away. There's a problem with lads coming back as well. Um, come back at nineteen twenty and still don't. The penny really hasn't dropped with them yet. That they still need an education and some of them might come back and play for a club here like Shamrock Rovers or Dundalk and be on a decent wage. But it's still not money that's going to last you very long. Mm. You know, outside of the game. So now there is there's. Just I don't know, like it's it's tough for lads to like you speak to some lads sometimes about it and just don't really they just don't really get it, you know. They, it's a very short career, yeah. Even and even lads twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine and no real nothing really behind them. They might have a bit of a leave and they might have gone away to, to UK. I think it's thirty percent of the league, uh, the professional players in the league only have, have a leave insert and the rest don't. Don't have anything beyond that. Um, I think it's the thirty percent. Thirty percent have only got uh, the only went beyond, only got a junior. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thirty yeah, percent. Yeah, I've yeah, so, yeah, yeah, only got a junior. Set, so it's yeah. massive, but um, yeah, it's yeah. not only lads uh, going away or missing it. There, there's lads coming home who still the penny hasn't dropped with them. But there is there's other good lads as well who come home and um, like Collie McCabe is playing the goal for us at the moment. Uh, he did the fast course and through that got the points to go to. Blanchard Sound IT and he's doing a, a business management course there. Lads do courses through the night and stuff like that. So, you know, it is it's massively important. Your career is so short. Even if you have a, a long career, you're still only done at 35. And yeah. Could be living to 85, 90, you know. What are you um, doing for the rest? You talk about coaches. Too well to get to 85 or 90, I'd say, <laughs> yeah. you know. You talk about coaches. Ian Morris, the dynamic of him obviously being a player and now playing with lads, coaching lads he played with. How has that worked out? Um. Yeah, it's. I didn't. I thought a bit about it before I signed, but um, the way Morrow would have carried himself at Bowes as a player, he was always very, um, you know, he he was he he almost 
was a coach. We used to call him Coach Morris, mm. even at Bowes. So he always kind of had that presence, I suppose I put it that way. Um, even when we were playing with him at Bowes, and I used to get lifts with him um, at the start. So, you know, he, he, like he was obviously a good laugh and stuff at Bowes. It wasn't like he wasn't one of the lads. He was, but, you know, you kind of... It wasn't too much of a, of a change. It wasn't yeah. like he was one of the, the clowns at the dressing room to suddenly telling you what to do as your manager. So it wasn't too much of a change. And like I think you had the off-season to, to get used to it. It wasn't like it went from one week to the next, um, a change. So no, I just respected that he was in a different position now. And he tried to respect that as a player as well. I wasn't going in either the first week trying to have a laugh and a joke with him either. So, um, But no, it's been, I've enjoyed playing under him and... And Jay McGuinness and there's um, Berkeley's there as goalkeeper coach and Hendo is, has a presence there as well, who I'd have known as well. But um, that's been really good. I've been enjoying it. Just the results of last weekend, Bowes 5, Harps 3, Dundalk 4, Rovers 0, Pats 1, Cork 1 and in the first division at Longmore. Dundalk 4, Sligo Rovers 0 just to be clear. Dun- what did I say? Dundalk 4, Sligo Rovers 0, uh, Pats 1, Cork 1, um, at Lone 1, Limerick 1, Cove 1, Cat- Bray 0, Go United nil, Cabin Teeley nil, Shelburne one, Longford nil, Wexford one, Drogheda two, a game that was on Soccer Republic, Longford two, Go United one, and that was played uh, Monday night. Um, the Premier Division fixtures this weekend: Shamrock Rovers against uh, Derry on Saturday, Sligo Rovers against Pats on Saturday, Finn Harps against Dundalk uh, also on Saturday, and um, the First Division: We've Bray versus Shells, Drogheda versus Athlone, Limerick uh, versus Galway, Cabin Teeley versus Cove, Longford v Wexford, all on Saturday, obviously because. Because of the Ireland game, and um, then obviously Rovers against Derry is going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean uh, Derry's away record has been okay this year, um, although they did lose to Rovers here earlier in the season. Um, yeah, I suppose like uh, Rovers have because they didn't play last weekend, they're sort of you know they're, they're playing catch up, I guess, to a degree. And you'd imagine Dundalk should win in Finn Harps this time round, having dropped points in the first round of fixtures. Um, yeah, I, I, I like. I think if you're going to win the league, the standards that have been set now, I think Rovers have to win this match, you know. Um, we'll see, like, if Derry have improved from the team that... Like, they've actually been a small bit... I don't know, it's been inconsistent, what, they've won eight, drawn six, lost five. Like they, a lot of new players. Yeah, so I mean, you would expect that with the turnover that they've had. But actually, I, I've spoken to people who've watched... I think I, I've seen them maybe on, on some play against Bowes. I haven't necessarily caught them on... Good nights, but I, I've I've spoken to people who've who've actually watched them and got them on a good one, you know, and they've they said in full flow they're actually a decent mm. team, you know, and they've got some some talented young players. Who do you so, fancy winning the Premier Division? Uh, I think Dundalk will win it in the end. Yeah, mm. Rovers started really strong, as did Bowes. I think Bowes will actually be disappointed um, in their position at the moment, considering how well they started. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, I fancy Dundalk to go all the way. Gary Cronin was at the Longford Galway game. You're playing Bray on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, tough game. game. Yeah, massive game. We have two big ones before the break, Bray and Drada. Um, yeah, tough game against Bray at home. It's only a, a penno. The difference, we won 1-0. So, uh, not looking forward to it, though. It's usually a good surface out in Bray. Yeah, mm. Dan, interesting first division. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we, so we say the same thing every week. You know, like, it's interesting first division. Uh, we, six we're, points, we're not, first and six. We're not seeing enough games to be able to really add much more on, on top of that. I mean, Kevin Tidy have dropped off a small bit, but... Um, I don't know. Like as, as as someone who's been out of the division for a while, Oscar, how are you adjusting back to it? 
Um, what, what would you describe the level? Like, what's the level like? It's a, it's a lot better than when I played in it. I'd say, well, it's more even than when I played in it. I think Limerick, the Limerick side that when I played in it were, were really excellent. Um, but I, I think the 10-team league has definitely benefited the first division mm. um, compared to the eight teams that were in it when I played. Um, and I think it shows with Limerick are back in sixth, but they're still only six points off us. And six points is not a big gap. Um, I think at one stage we were five or six behind Longford and a game more played and we turned that around and I think there'll be plenty more twists and turns before the end of the year How's it going to go in Denmark? <sighs> I, t- I don't know really to be honest you know uh, Did you take uh, a nil all draw? Uh, we've had a nil all draw the last two times over there I think I'd the, take a, dr- that. a draw would, would set things up nicely for uh, you know beat Gibraltar on Monday and then set up the campaign like I'd make the point, you know, Ireland really need to win their home games. That's that's where they fell down in the last campaign. The away they were unbeaten away from home. Um you obviously want to see a more positive footballing display, but the bottom line result results sort of in away matches have still been okay. You know, it's it's actually at home where you need to take a bit more initiative and to I don't know, have a bit more structure and, and, and patterns of play and a bit more of a game plan so yeah we'll see I'd imagine the team would be the same to play it against Georgia so uh, maybe the Gibraltar game on Monday I mean it should be a comfortable enough win but there might be more experimentation and that I can see some some characters Ender Stevens is playing uh, will be playing on, on Friday and made the point from he's back in the stadium where he would have played for Shamrock Rovers back in 2011 when they played FC Copenhagen at the start of that Champions League run so again there's a link there going back to the old League of Ireland connection. So Oscar, thanks very much for coming in. Thanks for having me, lads. That was season three, episode 17. But there are limits to your life.